0: This is Jay Bear from Convince and Convert and welcome to the Content Pros podcast where you'll hear the strategies and secrets of the best content marketers in the world. The show is brought to you by Oracle Marketing Cloud, helping businesses use the latest marketing technologies to tell their stories and connect with their customers. The show is also brought to you by Vidyard, the best platform for creating, managing and optimizing your video content marketing and The show is brought to you by Uberflip, a content experience platform that allows marketers to create, manage, and optimize tailored content experiences for every stage of the buyer journey. The hosts of the show are Randy Frisch and Tyler Lessard. Find all links, archives, and more at contentprospodcast.com. Now, here's Randy, Tyler, and this week's special guest.
1: Welcome to the Content Pros Podcast. I'm Randy Frisch from Uberflip. I've got Tyler Lasar joining me from Vidyard and today we're going to dig into how we use content for our social media strategy. And it's it's funny because, you know, I think social's been around as a buzzword much longer than content in fact. You know, if you listen to this podcast, you may have gone to it from Social Pros, which was the predecessor to this. But, you know, nowadays, at least on my team and I don't know about you Tyler, but I find that our social team and our content team, they are linked hand in hand in terms of what we're going to create and how we're going to get it out there.
0: Yeah,
2: absolutely. There's a, there's a tight-knit uh, collaboration there. But the one thing that still interests me a lot and, and my team a lot is, you know, how does the focus on social influence how we create content, the kind of content we create? Is it just a distribution channel or is it a different mechanism to tell different stories and to get different messages out there? So excited to dive into this uh, with you today. We've got Jason Schemmel, uh, social media manager at Harper collins christian publishing speaker at content marketing world podcast host extraordinaire ladies and gentlemen it is going to be a great episode jason uh maybe quickly introduce yourself and talk a little bit about what you've been up to the last uh, five or six years at harper collins
3: sure and first off thank you guys for having me on the show this is a wonderful thing absolutely love it and social media is a fantastic thing um so yeah like you said i've been a social media manager at harper for five years i helped manage five different brands uh, within our Bibles department, two of them are Bible translation focused. Um, one of them is a brand focused called Thomas Nelson Bibles, and then two of them are community focused. And they all have varying accounts and exposure on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, YouTube, Snapchat. Not so much just because that's such a that's such a barrier to entry for for marketers and businesses right now. But it's. It's definitely a fun thing. I love social media.
2: So let me ask you when um you know before we dive specifically into content on social media um I'm actually interested in your answer to this question of of how do you think about what social media is for, for today's marketing organizations. You know, is is it a channel? Is it a program? Is it a strategy? Is it part of everything we do? Uh, all of the above. Like, how do you think about the role of social and, and how do you position that within your own organization?
3: I think of social, it's really a jack of all trades. I mean, you can use it for just about anything and everything. I mean, at, the, at its most basic level, it's exactly what it says. It's meant to be social. It's meant for people to interact with other people and subsequently... A lot of people like to take our businesses and our brands online and kind of make that its own person as well. Um, and so, a lot of people use that as a way to interact with those businesses and brands that we see constantly online, whether it's through Facebook or Twitter. Um, you see plenty of brands just rocking it out on Instagram, sharing some awesome behind-the-scenes photos, some up-and-comings. They interact with a lot of people, so you can use that definitely as a way as a distribution channel, getting your content out there. But I also love it as a way to connect with the people outside um, who already know about your brand, maybe who already don't know about your brand yet. It's also a great way to get some feedback, too. That is probably the one thing I love most about social media is that just about everyone is on it. It, it's, It's kind of like comparing it back into the 90s, where if you're a business and you didn't have a website, you practically didn't exist. Well, it's the same thing nowadays, but for everyone, if you don't have a presence on social media, you practically don't exist in today's society. So it's a great tool in that you can get some wonderful customer feedback and start putting that into the content and the strategies that you're building out for your business.
1: So it's interesting, as, as you described that, Jason, that, that everyone's got to be on social. If you're not on there, you're, you're not in, you're not up to speed as to what's going on and not able to connect with your customers. It certainly feels that way. Right. But at the same time, I, I, I think sometimes some of us get overwhelmed by that idea because it then means that everyone's there right? And everyone's trying to break through the clutter. So mm-hmm. maybe you can talk about with everyone being on there. And obviously, you're you're in an industry where there's a lot of competition, a lot of different, you know, chasing for eyeballs, I'm going to assume. How do you zone in to find the right people that you want to connect with on the channels that you, you participate on? Uh,
3: and finding the right people? Well, For us at HarperCollins, it comes a little bit easier than some as we're very much a a Christian faith-based company. So those are the people that we're looking to reach. That helps us narrow it down a little bit. But with the various brands that I help manage, each one of them has a core demographic that we're trying to reach. And they're all just a little bit different. They're the same if you look at the big picture. But when you're getting down to the nitty-gritty of it, there's a few extra things here and there that this type of audience likes more than the other one. So that helps us decide what social media uh, avenues we're going to be using. So we're pretty heavily focused on Facebook because our target audience is pretty much between the ages of 30 and beyond. Trying to hit those the parents, some of the older generations, things like that, because they're really in, entrenched in their faith. And we like reaching with those people. They like coming to us for guidance, for motivation, uh, understanding knowledge and things like that. And we like to give that content to them. But to your question, in trying to get through the noise, trying to put out the quality content, doing the research, asking questions, finding out what kind of things are they looking for? I mean, we have a pretty good recipe of they like to see Bible verses. They like to see prayers. They like to see things that they can share with other people, whether it's their friends or family. But on top of that, we like to push that a little bit farther. And like, what else can we offer you? Do you like this piece of content? Do would insightful blogs help? Would access to a priest ask maybe ask a couple of personal questions help? Things like that. So we try and find one extra way that we can help them out as well.
1: That makes a lot of sense. It sounds like you actually have a very self-identified audience, um, which, oh, which definitely. makes that part of it you know a little bit easier. So maybe just to, to reframe the question, you were starting to get to this at the, at the very end. It's how do you decide what the right mix on these channels is of plugging, you know, your own product, which is content in itself absolutely. Versus, you know, thought leadership or motivation to get through one's day, which obviously is is a key aspect tied to, you know, that faith based audience
3: that you have. Well, I'd say the the hardest part of that is we have a product, <laughs> the Bible, that in and of itself doesn't change a whole lot. But as a publisher, we're, we're putting out a few extra titles every year where it's a study Bible or a devotional Bible. So even though the Bible itself is the same, we still mix it up a little bit where we offer some extra study notes that are geared towards a certain crowd, or we have some devotional prayers and things like that that help out a certain other demographic. Like we have a, a men's devotional Bible, we have a, a women's study Bible, something that's catered towards a little bit to a specific group. So we try to keep that in in our forethought when we're strategizing how we're going to put out some content. If we're going to do reading plans, um, we have emailers that come out that offer some inspiration and some product highlights and things like that. But we also try and think of what else could they be looking for? So obviously, it's just to say, well, we have a Bible. Here's a Bible. Try and buy it. What's driving them? Why would they be interested in this? Because it's a product that they only buy you think maybe two or three times in their lifetime. It's it's hard to get that strategy together, but we try and find ways to keep it different for sure. So, do you view your
1: social channels as more an area that you would lead to a transaction, or is it the idea that it takes you back to some sort of transactional destination? I'm just curious. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I went to your Facebook page as an example and found it interesting that you know you've got you know product up at the top. Um, in terms of the header image for the Facebook page. But then a lot of the content, as you, as you spoke to, gives very inspirational messaging on a day-to-day basis. So yep. how do you link from your you know, social strategy with content to that more transactional approach that you may be hoping for? Is it a short-term yep. play or is this a long-term play?
3: Yeah, so our, our social media is meant to be very tippy-top of, uh, of our sales funnel. We use that as a way to keep us in the forefront of people's minds. So that way, when they see those inspirational posts and those Bible verses, they think of us. And then every once in a while, we'll run a promotion or a sweepstakes, um, maybe a coupon code or something like that, that links back to a product. And that's where we hope to drive some sales. So more often than not, we use our social platforms to generate leads to our website. So we don't normally go straight to a product page. It's mostly to... Our, our website, whether it be the, the KJV or NKJV or Thomas Nelson Bibles, we lead them there so that that way they can see all of the different products. Because we can't, if I was just to post about one specific Bible, I can only hit one small group of people. But if I say, hey, we have this great deal on NKJV Bibles, we have like, here's a few of them, come to our website and check it out that way. That opens it up to a much broader audience and lets us hit a lot more people rather than this very niche focus group
2: so knowing that you've got you know and i think most of us have this notion of a couple of different goals with our social channels and and you've got that higher level engagement Mm -hmm. and involvement and community building which is you know really to, to keep people warm and engaged with your brand and then you've got the more you know conversion centric um you know content and programs you're pushing out to try to drive that action um i'm i'm curious from your perspective on you know what what types of content, um, you know, or what types of communications are you seeing to be, you know, effective these days in in, in one or the other, um, you know, that, you know, that content that's really, you know, driving more engagement with the brand and more social activity versus, you know, the kinds of content that's helping you drive conversions. How do you how do you think about that? And do you have any examples of, you know, one or two different content campaigns you've built out through your social channels that have been successful for you guys?
3: Well, in today's social media age, every th- it seems like, everything has to be visual. There has to be a visual component to it, or it's just going to get completely lost where, you know, thanks to Snapchat and Instagram, everyone is all about taking pictures and finding pictures. They have to have that colorful image. And so we try to incorporate that in a lot of our social strategy, even though we're primarily focused on Facebook, we still need those images to help us stand out because it's so easy for us to Scroll through and we see images and tweets and, or excuse me, tweets on Facebook, right? Uh, Images and posts and all sorts of other things going on in our lives and in, in our friends' lives. It's easy for our posts to get lost in all of that. And especially with Facebook's ever-changing algorithm, we have to find interesting ways and cost-effective ways because we can't run a Facebook ad for everything, but effective ways to reach our people that they also know that when they see that, they know it's instantly from us. They don't have to look up and see, okay, who posted this? So one of our very successful campaigns going on right now is our uh, daily Bible verses, which we call the verse of the day. And so every day we have what we call a meme. I know it's a little it's a little bit different than what most of the internet thinks a meme is, but that's our term for it. We have these memes where every single day it's a different Bible verse and they try and correspond around what's going on. So we're getting more to holiday focus. So with Thanksgiving coming up, we're posting Bible verses about being thankful, being grateful for things and helping others. And so... Uh, we'll post those up every single morning. We link back to our sign-up page so that we can get an email, add them to our email list. And that's been going actually very successfully. We've gotten a lot of good feedback out of that. People look forward to it. Um, there's even one day a few weeks ago, I completely forgot to post it for that day or schedule it for that day and missed it. And I had four messages in my inbox saying, where's the verse of the day I'm looking forward to? It. And I couldn't, I couldn't see it. And that's, it's a good indicator that people are looking for it. But at the same time, I'm kind of kicking myself thinking, oops, I've, I forgot to post that. But people look to that now they want that little bit of motivation. And and it's great that it's a very shareable and in highly engageable piece of content.
2: It's it's a great example. And, and I think it actually goes back to something we've talked about a few times on this podcast, which is the power of, of almost like a series based content or things that become almost expected with your audience that, you know, they really resonate with. And, yes. and you know, we've seen similar things here where we've, we've, run programs that, uh, it, it's like, it feels it almost like you said, it actually felt really good as a response when I had somebody say, Hey, where was this? I didn't, I didn't see the new one. And, uh, uh, you go, okay, somebody is listening out there. They're watching, they're catching this. And, and you build that sort of suspense and that, uh, uh, that, that expectation from the audience that they're, they're looking forward to engaging with you, which is tough for all of us marketers out there to, to not only get people to not unsubscribe, but to get people to really actually want to subscribe into our content. So we're going to take, uh, uh, we're going to take a short break here uh, to hear from our sponsors. But when we come back, I want to dig a little bit deeper on that to you know, dive into you know, what, is, what is the secret to making sort of a successful set of repeatable content like that that all of us can learn from. So we'll be right back after this.
0: Hey, everybody. This is Jay Baer from Convince and Convert, reminding you that Content Bros is sponsored by Uberflip, a cloud-based platform that helps marketers like you create personalized content experiences to showcase the content you've created you, not IT, you can create engaging content hubs that your audiences will love. I use it all the time. My team uses it all the time. With Uberflip, you'll deploy content faster, accelerate your lead gen, and enable your sales team with personalized content throughout the sales cycle. Go to uberflip.com slash pros, uberflip.com slash pros to find out how you can be a content pro by showing your company that the content experience matters. The show is also brought to you by my friends at Vidyard, the new generation video platform that helps you unlock the power of video today. Love, love, love Vidyard. Use it all the time. Super easy, interactive, personalized video experiences. You can boost your online conversion rates, track the true performance of your video content well beyond the view count. Visit vidyard.com today to see how you can use video to deliver better results across all of your marketing programs. Also want to remind you that my team and I at Convince and Convert have a brand new free ebook I'd love for you to take a look at. Go to bit.ly slash broken content. That's bit.ly slash broken content. It's called The Four Ways to Fix Your Broken Content Marketing. Put a lot of work into it. I think you'll love it. Thanks, as always, for listening to Content Pros. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back here on Content Pros. We've got Jason talking to us about social and how to create these repeatable campaigns as Tyler was just talking about. And and I'm actually curious about that. And it's something we're trying to do a little bit more here at Uberflip is have a little bit more identity to our brand, so that people know whether they're getting an email from us that it's coming from our company, or they see us on social, they understand that that's us. But also break through at the same time. We, you know, we need to balance that ability of consistency with a little bit of a of a different feel. But the part I'm more curious on is is how do you get this alignment through your organization? Maybe you can paint for us first, Jason. Like, how big is the marketing team that you work with, um, and how many different stakeholders will play into everything from the creative assets that get put together for your for your posts, to the messaging that you choose in that week, you know, to kind of stream throughout the different go-to markets?
3: Sure. My immediate team, we're only three people. Uh, there's my boss that handles a lot of the, the big project stuff. And then my coworker and I tag team between the two publishing houses, because under HarperCollins Christian Publishing, we have... Zondervan Publishers and Thomas Nelson Publishers. Um, and so she handles a lot of the Zondervan side and I handle the the Thomas Nelson side. Um, but between those two publishing houses, there's about two or three marketers uh, on each side. So we have about f- anywhere between four and six people that we, that we work with to get marketing strategy together to find out uh, social assets that we want to get put together. They help us. They're really the the product experts and they help us understand what we're promoting. And so we'll sit down at least once a month and talk about the products that they want to highlight. And then we, from there, we start building out a plan and start strategizing. Okay. What type of content do we want to build out for this? Do we want to do, um, do we want to have a lot of graphic designs for this? Do we want to have a lot of images? Do we want to do um, e-blast or a drip campaign? Maybe a, uh, maybe a blog post or uh, get some influencers, involved, things like that. So there's, I mean, there's a few stakeholders, but ultimately we help drive the direction of where the strategy and the content is going.
2: So are there different things that you guys look at when you're focusing specifically on your social content strategy? And I know it's, it's one thing that, you know, my team, um, you know is trying to think a lot more about is you know there's different different content and different messaging that we want to put out there broadly on our say our blog and, and through our email programs um you know but we don't want social to just become a a distribution channel for those same tactics um so i'm, I'm curious kind of how you guys think about that and, and mm-hmm. recommendations you have for the audience on you know how do you think about how do you approach content from a social channel perspective? And is it different kind of content or is it derivatives of other things you may be doing? Um, or it's sort of how do you efficiently manage that and, and create a stream of, and a plan for content that really is specific to social?
3: Um, well, one of the things we have to think about is we have to put ourselves in the shoes of the people that we're trying to reach. So there's a lot of empathy that goes into this. And I think that's really the basis of, of all content marketing. And that's what the best marketers do is that they utilize that empathy. I think the best thing about that is Taking off that marketing cap where, okay, we just need to talk about this product, we need to talk about this service or this specific thing, and think about the people that we're trying to reach. So if we have a product that's very specific to a group, we need to put ourselves in their shoes and think, what's driving them? Why would they be interested in this? Why would they care about this? What are they currently thinking? What are they feeling? What are they going to find valuable? And then based off of that, what can we do that helps hitting on those points? So it's not always... It's not always a Bible verse. It's not always a, a a prayer or a devotional or something like that. Sometimes it's offering some guidance in, you know, hey, right now it's Thanksgiving season. Have, you know, what are you thankful for? What are you truly thankful for? Because it's easy to say, well, I'm thankful for my friends and family and I, my faith and my community and things like that. But take it a step further. Try and drive some of those thought processes that get people really thinking and then they think, all right, well, that's really cool. So Jason, we've been talking a lot
1: about creating a following and, you know, consistency with messaging and trying to build relationships. But how does your team hold you accountable? You know, what's the bottom line to determine if your team of, you know, 3 specifically are respected in the organization or not? Is it is it purely that, you know, good vibes that we're getting from the stuff we're seeing on social? Or is there, you know, specific targets that you're trying to hit as a team, whether it's click through rates, whether it's cost per click, how,
3: how are you thinking about that as a team? It's literally everything. Um, <laughs> yeah, the best answer to that is yes. Um, yeah, it's the content that we're creating and we're pushing out and the results we're getting from that. So we do monthly, um, we do end of month reports to see exactly how we're doing, how we're progressing. If our, um, if our vanity metrics, you know, reach and impressions and all that stuff are fluctuating a lot or if they're staying moderately the same, same thing with our advertising and not just Facebook. I mean, we do YouTube ads, we do Google ads and all that stuff too. Like, how are those performing? Are we, are enough people seeing them? Are we making them cost effective? How's our click-through rates? How are our, are we A-B testing and how are those doing? Same thing with our emails as well. We're constantly tinkering which I think is a good thing when it comes to social and digital marketing. You always have to be tinkering because if if you try and stay with the same strategy over and over again, eventually it's going to burn out and it's not going to work out as well.
1: Makes a lot of sense. Uh, just curious uh, how you go beyond, though, your own team's results, right? Because, you know, a lot of what we've talked about so far is is the impact that your team from a social perspective is able to create, right? And what you're able to do in terms of click-through rates, like we just touched on, on all these different channels. But I know earlier this year at uh, Content Marketing World, you actually spoke about the value of the community beyond and, and how you create these online communities. Have you been able to create activation from them at the same time in reverse, um, whether it's through an influencer marketing campaign or some sort of you know creation and social advocacy on behalf of your actual community out there?
3: Um, we've had some pretty good success with our communities. There's, um, I mean, like I said, there's a couple of brands that are very community focused. And the really cool things that I've seen come out of that are not so much that we're able to constantly grow it. I mean, growing a community is always a wonderful feeling, knowing that there's more people that are finding value in the stuff that you're offering them but one of the greatest things that's come out of that is people will put up comments and messages asking for uh, asking for prayer requests or asking for guidance in certain situations and before i even have a chance to respond to it we have other community members already jumping in saying hey i experienced this a few years ago here's how i handled it or you have some questions about the Bible, check out these Bible verses or check out this link. And it doesn't even have to be a link from our website or our blog or anything like that. It's just its just nice to see that there's community members looking out for other community members. And I think when you really start seeing that happen within your community, when people are looking out for each other, that's what's really adding value to everyone. And that's what's really going to drive a, a successful community. And it's, it's, it's really really cool feeling
2: to see that happen. So, Jason, let me ask you one, uh, one sort of final specific question on, you know, as you look at your different social channels, I'm, I'm interested, you said you do a lot on Facebook based on your audience. Um, But I'm curious if you guys look at the different social channels and, you know, have a, uh, you know, have a different Uh, Kind of approach to to content or or how you engage on the different channels? Or do you focus on, you know, let's get a really great campaign, let's get a really great set of content, and then, you know, just leverage the different channels to, to get that consistently out there? Um, how does that work? And like, what, what are the differences that, that you really jump out at you from the different channels?
3: Yeah, from a content strategy and creation standpoint, we we focus more on the content itself and then pushing that out to the channels. And we try and think of it, how would this perform on Facebook? How would this perform on Instagram and on Twitter? And how would this be received? Or how can we create this in a way that it could resonate no matter what channel we have it on? And that's been going really well for us. Um, I mean, and there's always going to be some tweaks here and there. There's That's why we do testing. That's why we ask for feedback. That's why we have data as well. You know, you put stuff out there, you find out how it does, find out what works and what doesn't, and then you tweak it and go from there. So to answer your question, we don't create content specifically for one social channel or any, or um, for one specific avenue, excuse me. We create our content, but while we're in the planning stages of that content, we think, okay, how can we put this in a way where it can be well-received on each channel.
1: That's great advice. Uh, Jason, so as we wrap up here, we always like to get to know our, our guests and what they do outside of content creation. But it, one of the interesting things we dug up on you leading into this podcast is that you're no stranger to the podcast. And in fact, when you're when you're not creating content at HarperCollins, you're actually creating content on your own. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about that and I'll let you say the name of the podcast because I don't even know how to go
3: there. <laughs> Well, I, I don't know how um, how censored you want to get on this. So I'll, I'll call it this way. It's we don't have a Christian following, so it's okay. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, cool. Well, in that case, it's it's called the Get Shit Done Chat. Nice. Uh, and it's it has absolutely no uh, nothing to do with HarperCollins. This is completely a personal side project I've been working on. And really, it's, it's born all out of selfishness where – There's been times where I have these ideas or I have these thoughts of, you know, it'd be really cool if I did this or it'd be really cool if I started this business or something like that. And you look at other people who are doing an awesome job and you think these people are amazing. They're incredibly successful. I'm never going to reach that point because everything just must come so easy to them. And then if you actually take a moment to talk to them, you actually find out that, no, they go through the same struggles and hardships and defeating thoughts in my head as in their heads as I do. So that's kind of what made this whole podcast a thing where I would just start bringing people on saying, Hey, I would love to talk about your successes and how people know you, but I also want to pull that curtain back and ask, you know, wh- what is something that you put your heart and soul into that just completely flopped that you thought you were going to be awesome at it? You were really excited about it, and it just completely blew up. And it's eye opening because you see these people, they think, Oh, I know exactly which one to talk about because there's something that they've tried before that they thought was just going to completely rock it out. And they find out they were completely wrong. Like no one wanted it. No one was interested in it. And so getting to know people a bit more on a personal level, it's been, it's been really cool. It's been a lot of fun.
1: That's great. That sounds like a lot of fun. I'm not going to make you spell out
3: the actual podcast. I I assume people are going to be able to figure (laughs) it out now. Uh, Look it up If if you want to be able to find it, uh, just jump on Twitter and just hashtag GSD chat. That's the easiest way to find it. There you it. go. There you go. The call to action right at the end of the podcast. I
1: love it. Jason, this was, this was a ton of fun. I, I really appreciated. it. You know, this is helpful, helpful for Tyler and I as well. You know, we, we live in more of a B2B world sometimes, but it's, it's interesting to understand how you're connecting directly with consumers. And I think it's something a lot of us need to remember is that all of our audiences, whether they're B2B or B2C, ultimately on social as you said they're all on there they're all engaging it's a way to connect with everyone and it's an opportunity for us to really humanize it in their days so I, I think we got a lot of, of great tips from you jason uh, for those listening today we really appreciate you taking the time to pick this podcast this is the content pros podcast you can find us on stitcher itunes google play when you find us leave feedback let us know what we can do to make this podcast better until next time on behalf of tyler at vidyard I'm Randy at Uberflip, and this is the Content Pros Podcast.
0: This is Jay Bear, and thanks for listening to Content Pros. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcast listening app. Go to contentprospodcast.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. Content Pros is sponsored by Convince and Convert. Oracle Marketing Cloud and by Uberflip. It's produced by my team and I at Convince and Convert Media. Interested in being a guest or a sponsor on the show? Visit us at convinceandconvert.com.